My Mug episode 273 on Monday the 3rd of February 2014. Um, welcome to In My Mug and welcome to Finger Limoncillo. Welcome to my guest, we have Dr. Maresh, who is the real cotton farmer from the Limoncillo, who actually is the guy who owns the farm. That guy Irwin who came in last time, I don't think he's a real farmer. <laughs> well. I am a real farmer. You are a real yeah. farmer. He was a fraud. He was yeah. pretending that he owned the farm and it was all his. And yeah. well, as a matter of fact, I am a gynecologist. I now am delivering... Delivering coffee babies. Coffee. <laughs> yeah. No more babies, but if we are delivering a good cup of coffee. For sure, for sure. And this is Alani. Uh, Alani is Dr. Marish's daughter and Irwin's sister, who like manages a mill like nobody else I've seen. Um, like the mill is like a military kind of uh, decision kind of thing that goes on. So well, tell us a little bit about what you do um, and uh, how you've managed to make this mill into this kind of such a tight. Oh, I'm, like, like, said I'm the manager of uh, the driver. And um, we've done a lot of experiments to, uh, I think we've tried our funky Kamamata. Yes. Uh, this year we have our Java uh, funky. Which I cooked yesterday, by the way, and blew my mind at how good it was and how different it was as well. Um, so the coffee that we're talking about today as well is going to be the funky. Uh, yeah. So the funky Pacamara. So tell me a little bit about how the funky Pacamara happened and why you've got its name funky. Well, the, the funky name comes from Stephen. He found it and uh, we found actually the funky and the funky earth. <laughs> and uh, we got it by using the, the berries stay more in, in water. Okay. Uh, then we actually we discovered it. Actually we discovered it. We, we were concerned. We, we were concerned that it was actually uh, over fermented, kind yeah. of defected almost, and and it is on the edge of that. I think it's like it's so fruity and so complex. That for some people, they taste it and go, like, and it's a real shock. But I just think it's such a different coffee. Um, and since you requested, we tried to actually spray water, spray water on it as it's on the dry. As you're drying, you need to put the layer of sugar and you try to move it to left. So I try to pour it with my permit. Always be careful that you don't go up. And that's the thing here on uh, yeah, on the farms and on the mills. I think always experimenting with different things and trying different things. What is it that drives you to kind of do those experiments, Doctor? What's your motivation for? You know, planting unique varietals and planting and doing these different processes. Well, within my ground of precision, I, I like to make change. Yeah. So uh, we have a, a small lab where we have a reproduction by tissue. And uh, as Leon said, sometimes we find something by accident and then we try to improve it by observation, copying, and uh, curiosity. So this, 
the scientific portion of the precision applied to the coffee. And I think this is why I love working with this farm so much, is it's that experimentation all the time, the questions constantly asked and not knowing all of the answers. Um, it's something that's rare in coffee because everybody, I have the best cup of coffee, I don't need to do anything else. Um, and I think you guys do have one of the best coffees, but you actually want to make it better, which is, which is fantastic. It's precisely that. I mean, you've continued to use African beds. Yes. Uh, I'm going to show you a picture on the screen now of the new African beds and the new greenhouse. And it's two years since I've visited, um, visited the mill and the farms. And in two years, it's such a big change. Um, it's been amazing to see that real development. Much more than when I've come every year, it's incremental, small changes. But two years it's made such a big change and it's great to see. So, um, tell us a little bit about the farm. So, how long has the farm been in the family for? Uh, more or less about 30 years. Okay. 30 years, it was wild. Right. We can improve it. And uh, this is the farm that we have found the most exotic variety, uh, like the Java, is something that everybody knows, but we have identified the Javanica and the Havakatu, and the, the, the same family, but uh, the production of the Havakatu is higher, the yield is higher. Yellow Bacamara? No. Oh, the Yellow Bacamara. <sighs> Oh dear, we cooked the yellow pacamara yesterday and I literally picked up the cupping bowl at the end and took it and drank it. It's just phenomenal. Like, and that was found on the farm here um, and just amazing, like, unique varietals. Um, what altitude are we at here in the farm? What, what, what? Okay, so those are two. Which for Nicaragua is actually relatively high isn't it? You know, Nicaragua the most you tend to find is around about 13, 14 with coffee production. And that's because it gets quite cold and wet here as well, doesn't it? As we can see, this isn't just waterfall spray around us. It's like being in Stafford. Like the weather was, was raining as we came up. I was like, I, I don't come to Central America for rain. <laughs> um, and how big is the farm? 230 uh, manzanas. Uh, which is around about 170 hectares, something like that, is that right? So, it's huge! It's like, I, I've just come from El Salvador, where, you know, it's like 20 manzanas, and then you come somewhere like this, and it's so, so big. You see, something that is very nice here is that it's well-defined different plateaus, different levels of the farm. We have varieties that are good for 950 meters, we have for a thousand meters, then we have a variety that are well done, 1200 meters. And this is the thing that comes from the experimentation, is you find out what varietals work at those different altitudes. So um, I want to talk a little bit about the social aspect of it, because on the farm in Nicaragua, it's very typical for people who work here to live on the farm, isn't it? Um, and I think you guys have done something a little bit special with the people who, who do live on here. So, what, 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 if I come to work on Limoncillo, what, what, what can I get? What can I expect? Okay. Uh, we know that uh, the guys that come to work, they are really the ones that uh, 
get the, the, the crop and uh, we, we have to give them back something. Uh, we provide, for instance, uh, families that cannot live with his kids in the city, they bring the kids and we provide them a place where to keep the kids, we provide the, uh, we feed the, the, the kids and we have teachers that are, are with the kids during the labor day, the labor hour, the kids are welcome. So there's a, there's a school here, and if the children live on the farm as well, they'll go to that school. Right. Um, and and a daycare, a school, a health clinic, a country store. Uh, the grocery store, and you can see, it's not a store close to the farm. Yeah. We, we, we provide the same price as the city. Okay. And, and um, say if I get sick, can I get some help with health care? Or? We also have the hydro and that's electricity. The electricity is the hydro. So everybody, everybody gets electricity. All coming from these waterfalls, seven within the farm, so like uh, the power, which is very unusual for a farm to find running water and electricity too, isn't it? Right. Uh, we see these as basics back home, but here this is something that's not normal and it's fantastic to see. Um, so I, I guess it's time um, to kind of wrap this one up and go to the map. But before I do, thank you very, very much for coming on camera. Thank you very much for these amazing coffees. Um, Limoncillo is a farm that is very special to me. Um, I remember buying the Cup of Excellence lot back in 2007. And ever since, this farm has had a hold of me, not just in my palate, but also in my heart. So it's, it's a fantastic coffee and it's, it's great to be here and great to come on camera. So thank you everybody very very much so it's time for the awesome thank you thank you so much so there i am waving again i don't know why i'm waving from has been though because i've been on the road now for gosh knows how long but um Yes, by the time you're watching this, I actually should be back home, but obviously when I recorded it, I was in the wonderful uh, country of Nicaragua. But we're looking at Central America again, and we're looking at Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, and Panama. Um, yes, uh, I think, I don't know if Belize is part of Central America as well. I must look that up. But we're focusing on Nicaragua this time, because obviously that's the coffee we're talking about. And the interesting Nicaraguan fact is that baseball is the most popular sport in Nicaragua. It's rubbish. Why not football? Um, but let's go down to Limoncillo. Um, now, you can't see a lot of the farm here because the tree coverage, and as you've seen in the footage that I've recorded on the farm, it's it's very kind of you know, tree and overgrown, and like you, you just can't get a really good uh, view of it. But look at that beautiful typography there. And within the mountain, there are, I think it's seven waterfalls on the farm. Um, maybe more, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of waterfalls and they use them for hydroelectric power. Um, and you can understand why if it's coming from the top of the mountain down. But just look at that, look at that mountain range and the valley that it sits in. Um, I'm loving playing with these camera angles at the minute and trying to whiz it round. Um, but you just see, look at that beautiful mountain that it's all on. And it goes up to the top of the mountain as well. So uh, I've, I've climbed up to that top of that mountain a couple of times now and uh, it's an absolutely gorgeous view hopefully i'll have some photos on Flickr once i get back from this trip but there we go that's limoncillo and that was the map bit that's brilliant thank you mate
Okay, so I'm back. Well, kind of back because I'm recording the first bit tomorrow on the farm. Um, I'd probably explain to you why I didn't record the first bit today. I'm here at the Don Esteban Mill, which is um, uh, the Irwin Maresh, uh, the Maresh family uh, mill. So I'm back. Although this was yesterday, and what you saw earlier was today. Um, because of the problems of not getting to the farm today, I'm recording the tasting bit here because I know that I've definitely got hot water and things. Um, you have to excuse the noise in the background, that's the sample roaster exhausting. And we're doing a cupping in there. I'm here at the Don Esteban Mill, which is the mill of the Maresh family. And this is the first place I tasted this coffee. And when I tasted this coffee, I went, oh, funky. And the funky name has stuck to it. So uh, I'm going to dive into the cup and uh, see what we taste today. So on the front end, you get this like dark cherry, almost sherry-like, boozy funkiness. And when I say funky, some naturals that we've had on in my mug are a little bit kind of like Jamiroquai I've described them as. This is James Brown in his tightest trousers when he's getting on up and getting on down. It is super funky. There's a real body to it. Um, they kind of stopped doing funky here, and I'm one of the few people that still keep saying, can we have it, because I know that you guys love it. This is a coffee that you either love or you will hate. Uh, I know there's gonna be a lot of haters for this out there, and for that, I'm sorry. We won't be doing naturals for a little while after this. But if you remember the natural of last week from Guatemala, which seems like a lifetime ago, but the Guatemala of last week, it, that one was much more cleaner, a little bit like dark chocolate raisins. This is sherry, booze, fermented fruit, it's mental. Mentalness in a cup. Right, so I'm gonna go, because the cuppers at the mill here are looking at me through the window and laughing at me. I'm an, I'm an object of ridicule. So, time to wrap up. But do remember, life is definitely too short for bad coffee.